0: Hey, it's Jess Massa. Thanks for listening to this episode of WTF Health. All this talk about the future of health is brought to you in part by our sponsors, Transparent, OneDrop, Wheel, Pfizer, Vita Health, Utopia, 120 over 80 marketing, and Bayer G4A. And don't forget, if you want to check out the video version of this interview, head on over to my YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash WTFHealth. Hey, it's Jessica Damaso with WTF Health. What's the future health? I am talking to the Who's Who of Health Tech and Healthcare Innovation. And today we're here at ATA twenty twenty and I'm catching up with Lee Shapiro, who oddly enough I have never interviewed. Oh my god, Lee, how are
1: you? It is so great to see you, Jess. And I can't believe we haven't done this before. This I is know. the beginning of something that's going to be wonderful.
0: I'm hoping that now I get to interview Lee um, instead every quarter for like the next five years <laughs> instead of Glenn Tolman. But Lee Shapiro, you guys know, is Seven Wire Ventures, co-founder, managing partner. And so we're going to pick his brain about all things that are happening in the investment space when it comes to health tech. So, Lee, talk to me. I mean, Seven Wire been around for a while had some bets that they place that have paid off really well. Lavongo, the company you used to be the CFO of. I mean, so what do you have your eye on now that you're focused at full-time on 7Wire? How has the pandemic changed your investment thesis?
1: We're so fortunate that we've been able to be in this market before it was even called digital health. Our whole idea has been trying to find ways that we can address the challenges we all face as consumers of healthcare. And Glenn and I started investing 25-plus years ago with this idea that you could use technology to solve broken business process. Well, as you've learned through WKF Health, there's enough broken business process in healthcare to last a lifetime. And so we're trying to find ways to help all of us address what we need as consumers of healthcare, not as patients. We all want to be healthy. No one wants to volunteer to be a patient today. We're looking at ways that we can improve our health. And our focus has been using some of the platforms that exist in terms of being able to extend our reach. So the pandemic really accelerated a lot of what we had been seeing in the market because we realized that health has to meet us where we are. Mm -hmm. And that meant at home for the last two years. But it also can mean when we're traveling, when we're in the office, how do we bring health to people and allow them to do the things they want, which is not to have a disease, to put that in the background, and to really live their lives in the way that they hope to with their families, with their friends, and to be activated in terms of managing that health. So that's what we look for. All
0: right. Any particular areas of focus? I know mental health has been really hot. I know you guys have some, some portfolio companies that are in that space. You know, health equities is really grown in importance, especially over the last two years. So people have become more mindful of, you know, that not all care is distributed equally. But like, what do you have your eye on right now?
1: So keeping with that theme of care in the home, we have a wonderful company that we invested in called MetaRive that's doing great work. In fact, in a plum is gonna be on my panel here coming up shortly at ATA, so a plug for, for Medarive. But allowing individuals who have challenges accessing healthcare to get their vaccinations at home, to have home visits, to keep those homes safe, to allow them to get wound care, to be able to provide them with medication therapy management, but using resources that are available that aren't fully taken advantage of in healthcare today. You mentioned mental health. We have two great companies in that space NOCD, mm-hmm. that's been helping people with severe anxiety and depression, Brightline Health, which yeah. is helping families manage the needs of their children. And it's when the child has a challenge, the family has a challenge. Yeah. And so we work on that as well. Um, we see a lot of benefit that is available in the market now to serve those individuals who are now part of the silver tsunami, 10,000 people aging every day into Medicare. And we have a company called Home Thrive that's helping seniors live at home independently. No one really wants to put their loved ones into congregate care in light of the pandemic. So how do we bring health to them and allow them to do that in a way that makes it easier for the caregiver as well as for the senior to access health? So, this is a very target-rich environment, yeah. Jess, and <laughs> wonderful companies. I could probably talk about all 20 of them in a the portfolio if we had enough yeah. time.
0: Well, all right, high-level me then on this. You know, we're hearing a lot about the digital health, health tech investment market, both publicly and privately. What are you seeing there? You, are you seeing valuations start to correct right now? I feel like that's the, the, the word on the street that I'm getting, but I'd like to rumor check that with you.
1: So public market valuations are what they are at any given point in time. It's what a buyer is willing to pay for a share and certainly there was a sense that valuations were high in the marketplace we think that good companies are always going to be able to raise money because they're doing good things they have recurring revenue models and they'll continue to raise throughout the course of this correction the private market hasn't fully corrected yet Mm -hmm. but it's just i i never learned in school like how you value companies based on multiples of revenue it has to be based (laughs) on like earnings and earnings potential and profitability And so we invest in seed and series A companies, so we bet for the long haul, but our idea is always to build a company that's going to be one that can be a great company and that's going to sustain itself over a long period of time. And I think that the market will correct itself. Maybe we've overcorrected a little bit too much Uh, and penalized some companies in the public sector. But valuations have a way of regressing to the mean over time. And we're in a period right now where I think we're going to get back to something that we saw in the last... Six, seven years, but not in the last two or three.
0: Okay, no, that makes sense to me. I, I like that. I like that take. Thank you. All right, I wanted to ask about scaling too, because like you had mentioned, you guys invest in early, early stage Series A companies, and it's like I'm watching right now one of your other portfolio companies, Glenn's company, Transcarent. How he's kind of following the same playbook that you guys ran at Levongo. So it's like raise a bunch of money and then acquire a bunch of stuff so that you can, you know, reach that full model faster and, and build your client base, build that re- those revenues up. So is that the right way for a digital health company to scale? Or like what are your thoughts on that?
1: So part of the playbook, and not only true for Transparent, where Glenn's done a terrific job, but we saw it at LaVon. Did he pay
0: you to say that, Lee?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> um, but what we have is a team there that's built for scale. Wonderful team members that are able to take the company to the next level. And whether that's Snizana Mahone or whether it's Stephanie Peng, our CFO, or the team that's leading sales like we have people throughout the organization that are really able to help the company achieve great things we've used that same pattern with other companies in the portfolio go out and hire a great team and once you have that team in place not only are they going to be able to better serve the customers but they're also going to be able to help you do the things that you need to do to train the next generation of leaders. And that's how the company perpetuates itself. So I think the team is probably the most critical element in terms of scaling a great business. And the second element is being able to listen to your customers and adapt to the marketplace.
0: All right. One quick customer question for you. I feel like lately, like the last six, eight months, I've been seeing a lot of or um, well, hearing a lot of chatter about payment model and more so than I think I ever have before. And like in the sense where it's just like before it was like you couldn't talk about the payment model. It was immutable. It was unchangeable. You couldn't do it. Now we're even seeing like transparent, different way of paying for care, putting the employer in charge, eliminating middlemen. We're seeing next gen PBMs emerge. We're seeing, you know, build your own health plan technology companies invested in buying. I like legit health plans like it's interesting what's going on out there are you picking this up too and do you think that we're in like the middle of the well maybe the start of a payment model revolution
1: innovation is like water it flows to where there are opportunities and in this payment model change that we're witnessing right now it's because some of the old models didn't align incentives the right way right. so when you think about what employers used to do for buying benefits they were playing per employee per month whether someone used something or not. And employers have woken up and said, you know, we'll pay you, but we'll pay you a little bit more for people who are activated and engaged because that's where the value is gonna come to us. And I think health plans are starting to understand that as well with their move to more value-based care, but sharing risk in those models, what TransKaren is doing is ingenious because they're looking at third-party benefit administrators and healthcare navigators who have basically said, the more you spend, the more we make. Well, how does that work for a health plan or for a self-insured employer? You need to align interests and say, when we're directing people to the right kind of care, we're going to keep them healthier, we're going to reduce your costs, and everybody should win.
0: And eliminating that middleman, like how possible is that, you think, for some of these startups? Because, I mean, that's always been the, the situation, the David versus Goliath of like, well, how, how are we possibly going to do that?
1: We've started to see a fragmentation, a disintermediation of a number of the middlemen. You mentioned next-generation PBMs, and we're excited about Mark Thier's company, Waltz Health, because they're looking at ways to try and deliver better value to consumers to inform them about ways in which they can get better pricing for medications and taking some of the administrative costs that adds anywhere from 12 to 18% of pharmacy benefit managers and removing that from the equation so that consumers benefit
0: that admin cost, it'll kill you every time. And all along the, the food chain and healthcare, right?
1: We see it everywhere. And there it's, where opportunities arise is to find ways to carve that back and to be able to deliver better value to the buyer.
0: All right, Lee. Well, thank you so much for stopping by to check in with us. I love hearing your take on the market. A very well-informed take, maybe a better take even than Glenn Tolman's take on the market. I'm going to start some trouble.
1: <laughs> I taught him everything he knows.
0: <gasps> That's it. We heard it here, you guys. All right, Lee, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I'm Jessica Damasa. And for more interviews with the Who's Who of Health Tech, as they change the way that we do healthcare, check out my YouTube channel over there at youtube.com slash WTF Health. Thanks again.
1: Thanks, Jess. <laughs> Hey, it's Jess.
0: If you're looking for more news on what's going on in health tech, I've got another show airing on this channel called Health Tech Deals. In this one, famous healthcare curmudgeon Matthew Holt joins me twice a week to weigh in on the biggest funding deals, M&A activity, and exits in health tech. Just look for episodes labeled Health Tech Deals.